Good morning. On this Thursday morning, welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Today we're going to continue our study on the high priesthood of Jesus. We've been learning some of the qualifications and the importance of what this ministry means today. And also what he is doing for us as far as being a high priest We've looked at quite a number of scriptures, and we're going to continue that today. So one of the things that we have to consider is that just like Aaron's priesthood, the Levites, there's many parallels and similarities, and many things are a type and a shadow of things that were written for our learning, uh, for our understanding of God's moving and God cycles and God doing things in the life of the believer. So let's go to the book of Hebrews in chapter 2, verse 16, some of the verses that we looked at yesterday. For verily he took not on himself the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, important word there, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Two qualities, two qualifications that were very necessary. In things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. And we talked about it yesterday, that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, and that is part of our work here on this earth by presenting the gospel to people. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, since he did take on the form of a human being, and just like Aaron's priesthood, the scripture says, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able also to succor them that are tempted, or to relieve, aid, or help them. In other words, he went, Being hungry, he went being thirsty. He knew what it was to be falsely accused. He knew what it was to be uh, uh, alone and forsaken and abandoned. He knew all of these things according to the book of Isaiah chapter 53, a man acquainted with grief, with sorrows. He understood all that so that he himself would be able to understand our weaknesses our infirmities, having passed through these things himself, then he is able to help us. Then once again, the word wherefore, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, our profession, our acknowledgement, And that is Jesus Christ. Consider him. Think about what this verse is saying in considering him. And as we draw more into the teaching, the more we're going to understand the importance of these words to consider our high priest. It says in verse number uh, 2, chapter 3, Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as Moses also, or as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he has built the house, 
has more honor than the house. Verse 4, for every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Verse number 5, and Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. That's an interesting verse there. And then it says in verse number 6, But Christ as a son, unlike Moses, as a son over his own house. Emphasis on these words. Whose house are we? We are his house that he is building. Being built by the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is building us for a holy temple, for a place of residence. It says, over his own house, whose house are we, conditional, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Notice, it says that we are to endure up until the end, but I want to emphasize the word confidence here. The word that is used here in the Greek, we would normally assume while well, confidence is to have trust, it's, it's to, to be able to rely on, to depend on, I have confidence on you. But the word that is used here is not that word. That word that is used here for confidence, hold fast your confidence, is all outspokenness, frankness, bluntness, uh, by implication, it's also assurance. It also means to be bold or boldness of speech, uh, to be able to freely speak, openly speak, plainly speak, or speak with plainness. Now, you stop and wonder. Jesus is the high priest of our confession, of our profession, of our acknowledgement, our agreeing with what God has said in his word about Christ himself and what God has said concerning his promises and everything else. Well, it says, but Christ as a son over whose house, uh, over his own house, whose house we are, we are his house, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Once again, I want to re-emphasize, because this is going to uh, come up over and over and over in the scriptures that we're going to be using. And it'll make more sense. And as we draw more out of this word, uh, we'll be able to understand it. Nowadays, we live in an age where people want to express themselves. They use Twitter. They use Facebook. They use all of these social media outlets to try to be able to, and some people are totally, completely, purposely blunt. They hold back nothing. Then you have other people that are not only confidently, they are outspoken. I mean completely all outspoken concerning any matter or issue. Other people are just very frank. 
I mean, they will let you know white is white, black is black. There's nothing in between. Uh, people that are blunt in their words and their thoughts sometimes are careless in what they are doing or the feelings of others. But when we use it in the context here, we could literally be saying that if we hold our boldness, if we hold our outspokenness, if we hold on our frankness and bluntness, bluntness concerning God, concerning Jesus, his son, concerning the Holy Spirit, concerning the work of God, concerning reconciliation, concerning sin, concerning evil. We have to have that boldness, that confidence in us. See, it's not talking about our trust in God. That's another word that we'll, we'll, we'll be looking at. But it's talking about our outspokenness. To be able to come before the throne of God with boldness. The same word, boldness there, is the same word, confidence. The apostles were so bold in their speech that the Pharisees and the other people in the book of Acts were able to recognize something different. They, you know, you had people outspoken about, let's say, the Roman government at that time, or maybe outspoken about concerning this or concerning that. But here, Peter was very bold concerning the name of Jesus, concerning the faith of Jesus that had made that man well. And they did not care if they were going to be thrown into jail or prison or whatever. They spoke, and then when God turned them loose through an angel, they were right back out speaking with boldness because they were forbidden to speak in that name. But see, it is that confidence it's that outspokenness. It is having a faith so grounded in him and trust that we can literally come, not in a negative boldness, but in a positive boldness before God. Come before him and be able to, just like uh, Moses or even uh, <clears throat> the apostles or Jesus himself, when they would speak, they would literally say, wind, peace. I mean, there was, it was totally said, uh, even when Peter uh, and Jesus uh, had the little confrontation concerning who he was, and Peter said, you know, you're the son of the living God, you're the Messiah. And Jesus immediately began to tell him all the things that were going to help, that were going to happen to him. I mean, he was bold about it. And the word that is used there is actually he was outspoken. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes are going to take me. They're going to turn me over into the hands of the wicked, the Gentiles. And they're going to kill me and this and that. I mean, he was very open, very frank. Many people cannot do that. Now, if you were to take this into relationships at home, relationships at work, uh, relationships uh, just per se, you're going to find that a lot of people absolutely will not hold back whatsoever one iota. But then you have those people that are very timid and they would not say a word. While the scripture here 
is teaching us that we are to be outspoken. We are to be frank. We are to be blunt concerning the things of God. And it says that is important because Jesus is the overseer. The one that's watching over our confession, our affirmation, our declaration of faith. He is looking at that. And too many people approach him totally timid, totally afraid. They don't want to stir up a nest of any sort. Almost like, well, I don't want to wake God up. You know, he might be sleeping. No such thing. He looks forward. He looks forward to having us come before his presence. That's why the invitation is made. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne and find mercy. Come boldly so you can have t- you can have help when you need it. So we are his house. And it says in 1 Peter 2, 5, You also as living stones are built up in a spiritual house. Notice it's a spiritual house. We're a holy priesthood. We are to follow in the footsteps of our master. We can never, we can never die and shed our blood for the sins of the people as he did. But we are to offer according to the scripture, offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices, we are to offer them up. They are to be acceptable. In the book of Romans, in chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Now, the word sacrifice that is used here, in comparison to the other one, is talking about a a sacrifice, an act literally or figuratively, versus the other ones, the spiritual sacrifices. These are sacrifices that are not carnal. They have nothing to do with the flesh. They're not human. They're, they, they're, in other words, they're not humanly inspired. But everything that is offered as a spiritual sacrifice must have the approval must have the stamp of approval of the Holy Spirit upon it so that it can become acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. So consider this as we look at this, that the sacrifices must be acceptable to God, but it is by and through the Holy Spirit alone that everything is made acceptable Before it comes before God, it has to go through Jesus, our high priest. Anything fleshy, anything of this world, anything emotional, anything soulish is not acceptable. Only those sacrifices which are spiritual. Well, we've uh, covered quite a bit of ground here in a short time. But join us on Friday as we pick up on this study and continue to see the great high priest ministry of Jesus Christ on our behalf, having this high priest. Let us therefore, 
Until then, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you. Keep looking up. Our redemption draweth near. Amen.